Give the Lord one more praise this morning. I am so thankful for what God's about to do in 2020, and I know Pastor Paul talked really hard about it, but it's the year of miracles, and I truly believe God is going to do incredible miracles in our lives, amen, and not just our own lives, but I believe his church. I believe miracles are coming to his church and also our church, amen. We are taking North Phoenix for Jesus with the revival of the Holy Spirit, amen, and signs and wonders following. And so I'm just super excited, and that's why we've taken the last few weeks to teach on ridiculous faith. And if you've missed the last couple of weeks, I really encourage you to jump online and get caught up on those teachings because it really kind of helps build our faith to where I believe we are going in 2020, amen. So as we are entering our new year, we do our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is an exciting time for me because I see the Lord do so many incredible things during our fasting. And so if you are part of our ministry and you're here, I just encourage you to find a place, a part of this fast and get your journals out if you haven't already. Go get your new notebook. I won't make you raise your hands if you've done it yet. Get your fancy pen, get your Bible and set your time aside to spend with the Lord this year. And if you haven't started yet, start writing the desires of your hearts. Start talking to the Holy Spirit of what your desires are and what you're believing God for and where is your faith at right now. And my prayer is that we're going to take it up another notch. I want you to believe God for some ridiculous things, amen. I'm not just talking about maybe getting a $5 pay raise an hour. I'm talking about being debt free. Like, that's ridiculous faith. I mean, it takes some faith to get an increase in my job, but it also takes ridiculous faith when it's only something God can do. And those are the kind of miracles that I want you to put your faith out there wherever you're at today. Just nobody's going to see your journal anyway, right? It's just you and Jesus. So just think really big this year and what you're believing God for, okay? All right, so week one, we talked about a ridiculous faith, burning plows. And in that teaching, I talked about burning everything from the past. There's nothing that we can look back that God wants us to take into the future. Burn the mistakes, burn the failures, burn everything, amen? There's nothing back there anymore. Let's wave goodbye to 2019, 2018, 2017, wherever your struggle began, and let's press on to what Jesus has, amen? The second week, we talked about digging ditches. Let's be faithful in the grind. Continue to dig that ditch. Continue to serve God. Continue to tithe. Continue to give. And knowing that God says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, amen? So you just keep digging by faith and you watch God fill the capacity of your digging that you've been doing. And week three, we're gonna talk about ridiculous provision. Ridiculous provision. When God can show up in a place in your life where you have nothing left to give. This is the area that God wants to come to your life where that miracle doesn't make sense and you don't know how it's gonna happen in your life. And you may be sitting here this morning or you may know somebody as I'm teaching that your life feels very overwhelmed and maybe there's a lot of responsibilities that have been put on your shoulders and you're not sure how much more that you can handle or maybe someone in your life is going through a challenge. I think the hardest thing for me is to watch somebody I love go down a hard road, make wrong decisions and you know the journey they're going down, they're gonna pay a price and you wanna do everything you can get, do to get them out of that and you just can't and that becomes very overwhelming, doesn't it? Maybe today you're just doing life on empty, you know, and you love Jesus, but sometimes we lose our first love for God. We lose our passion and our zeal, and we go through the motions, but we're just missing that umph, you know, we're missing that excitement that really gets us through our day and that, that fire of God and that ability to hear God and to respond to what the Holy Spirit's 
trying to say, and you may just find yourself on empty today and low in faith. But I believe if you'll listen to this teaching where you're at right now in this moment, if you'll open up your spirit, God's going to deposit and awaken the faith of God on the inside of you, that God's going to empower you to see that God is a delivering God. God is a healing God. God is a God of restoration and hope, and God is a God of love and of forgiveness in your life. Amen. As a pastor, I hear stories every day of the challenges that many of us go through in our lives. We are not void of those things, amen? And so that's why this message is just to empower you to really believe God that as we go into 2020, you're not gonna close 2020 the same way that we entered it, amen? We're gonna close it with new beginnings and new adventures with the Lord. So let's get right into it this morning. Second Kings chapter four, we've been studying out of the story of Elisha in the Bible. He was mentored by Elijah and he did double the gifts and double miracles than um, Elijah did. And we find in this story of 2 Kings, it says this, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said except a small jar of olive oil. Now, I want to set up this story for just a minute so that you can better understand, but it was the Jewish tradition that the prophets took care of their own. And this widow was not named. We don't know who she was, but we know that her husband was a prophet. And as the scholars study, they came down to the conclusion that it was probably the prophet Obadiah. And Obadiah took care of 50 prophets. He would hide them out. He would take care of them because when prophets would go into regions and give a prophetic word, they were hunted down and tried to be killed. Can you imagine having that calling on your life every day, trying to run and hide? And so the provisions of the, of the prophets were very slim. So it was no wonderment that when this uh, particular prophet died, that this woman has a debt to pay, and she has no idea how she's going to take care of her children. How many of you find that in this story that this woman has no hope? Because... As a woman, there was no new job for her. There was no career. Not only didn't she know how she was going to take care of the debts that were coming after her sons, but how was she going to live and take care of her sons or herself in the future? She found herself empty with no hope. And some of you may be sitting there this morning feeling the same way. It seems like life offers everything, but you still are not happy. Every opportunity is there, and it seems like God just isn't coming through for you, and there's no breakthrough. You know, I can look at my own personal life, and I could see things that I'm troubled about, but then I can hear somebody else's story, and I realize, man, my problems aren't as bad as I think that they are. And what happens is we all have problems here. We have things that we're facing, and maybe it's a marital problem, a child problem, a, a debt problem, or whatever it is, and the pressure has become too much in your life. But I'm here to encourage you today that God wants to build your faith. God wants to enlarge your capacity. We serve a miracle-working God, and God wants to stretch yourself and know that he is the great I am, and you are not too impossible for God to reach. You've not gone too far. There's not been too many mistakes. There's nowhere where the Bible says his hand can't reach you and his ear can't hear you. It's a God that we serve, amen? God wants to build up your faith. So I'm going to give you three points this morning. Number one, when you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. Leave that up there for just a minute. When you don't have what you really want, you really want to get out of debt. You really want to get married. 
you really want to have success. Like there are things that you really want in your life. And God is saying it isn't about what you want right now. It's about who I am. See, I believe sometimes God will hold back the miracle just a minute, not that he's not capable of, but he's wanting you to put your trust in him and rely on him and get your faith out there that he can show you how big of a God that he is. So if God seems like he's holding back what you want, step into who he is today and say, God, it doesn't matter if I never get this, I'm still going to trust you for the miracle. Amen? I said it in first service, if I waited for a husband to come into my life to do the assignment of God in my life, I would have done nothing for Jesus. I could have felt incomplete, and I could feel like there's something missing, but it isn't about I got to have a husband to do what God's called me to do. You do what God's called you to do, trusting for God to bring what you desire in your life, amen? God will show up faithful when you are faithful to him, amen? So it doesn't, may not have what you want, but God is everything that you need. And in this story, uh, what did the prophet say to her in, in verse uh, chapter, excuse me, 4-2? Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What I love about this portion of Elijah and where I'm believing the Lord's going to bring our hearts in this season is Elisha didn't come hard on her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't throw her away. He had compassion on her. And he said, what can I do to help you? And we need to wake up in 2020 and say, my life is not about me. It's so easy to look at what we're going through and what we're troubled about. But instead, we need to say, if somebody comes to me, I need to be willing to say, how can I help you? What can I do for you? I want to have compassion on your situation in your life. And you may not have the remedy. You can find a lot on them. You can steer them in the right direction, and you can have compassion. And that's where we find Elisha is in this story. And he had compassion on her, and he said, how can I help you? And what did that woman go on to say? She said, your servant has nothing at all. See, when you come to a place in your life where you feel like I have nothing left to give, I don't want to worship anymore. I've done all the worshiping I can do. I don't even want to think about a 21-day fast because I fasted all I can do and nothing has changed. I don't want to serve anymore because I'm tired of serving. I have run out of my ability to trust God. I have nothing left to give. And you may be sitting here today feeling that same exact way. And this woman felt like she had nothing left to give. Her situation was so much bigger than what it really was. Because she didn't understand the miracle was in her house, even though she was facing an unbelievable situation. Because when you're hurting, all you can see is what you don't have. When you're hurting, you're consumed about what you're not happy with. It's so easy to have a desire in our heart of of wanting something, and and God wants that for you. And then what do we do? We're consumed with it. We feel rejected by God. We feel left out. We don't feel like we're good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. And then we look over at Susie's yard, and she's got everything that you're desiring from God. We get on Facebook, and we see everybody else has everything I'm believing God for, but I don't have it because we're consumed of looking at what I don't have instead of seeing what I do have. And God wants to reveal to you today that your miracle is in your house. Your miracle is on the inside of you. You just can't see it yet. If I just had a husband or a spouse, I'd be happy. If I just had the money, I want this, but I don't have it yet, right? If I just had a nice house, you don't understand, I don't even have a nice house. I don't want people to see how I live. That doesn't matter to God, amen? What do you do when you don't have much? Because you might be running on fumes today. 
You might be running on that little midnight hour where you're ready to quit and throw in the towel. You may be running in that moment where you're just saying, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to trust God anymore. What do I do with the little bit that I have? Number one, stop waiting. Or number two, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. What do you have? In 2 Kings verse 4, 2, she said, your servant has nothing at all. I've run dry. There's no miracle left for me. Then she goes on to say, except a small jar of olive oil. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's over. I'm going to die. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've got this oil in my life. Got this little jar of oil that seems insignificant. It's little, it's small. What can it do in the grand scheme of what I need? But she didn't understand the miracle was in the oil. See, oil back in those days was used for cooking. It was used to burn lamps so that they could have light. It was used for medicine, moisturizer, uh, keep iron from rusting, to anoint things, an offering unto God. She only had a little, amen, but she serves a God who can do a lot with a little. We serve a God who can do a lot with just a little bit in our life. God isn't looking for mega faith. He's looking for you to trust him with the little things. God is a faithful God. If you think about it in scripture, I started looking at all the stories in the word of God, and Jesus was preaching on the, on the hill, 5,000 people all day, and everybody got hungry. And Jesus said, disciples, go find some food. So they're among the crowd looking for what? A lot of food. It's going to take a lot of food to feed 5,000 people. And here's this little boy. He's got a little sack lunch, five loaves and two fishes. And can you imagine that little boy saying, well, I only got five loaves and two fishes. Why tell anybody about what I got? Because it's not enough. But he didn't understand the miracle that was in his little that God was going to make a lot. And he brought, to, he brought to the disciples, well, I don't have much, but this is what I got. I'll give you my five loaves and my two fishes. Feed whoever you want to feed. Maybe he's like, feed my family first, please. I don't know what he said. But what did Jesus do? He took that little and he fed 5,000 people with a little because we serve a big God. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God that says, if you'll have ridiculous faith, I'll meet you there. Two little fit, two fishes and five loaves multiplied, and not only did it feed the people, every disciple took baskets of food home. God is just looking for the little. Think about the little uh, boy David, who was a shepherd boy. He was anointed king, but he was rejected, and he was abandoned by his family. And all of a sudden, the whole army and, and his brothers go to battle to fight. We know the story, Goliath. And David gets the Uber Eats call. He's like, "Your brother's hungry." Bring him some chips, some Mountain Dew, a bologna sandwich. Here comes the boy, anointed king, had no training in modern battle. All he knew was his God, right, on the back hill. And he shows up, and everybody was intimidated by Goliath. And here's a little boy with a little stone. And what did they try to do? Well, let's make you all fancy. Let's do it this way. Put this, you know, shield on. Put that armor on. Put this helmet on. We try to make everything so religious. Read your Bible all the way through, right? Go through 21 days of fasting and prayer. It doesn't take those kind of things. He said, I don't need those sword and the shield. All I need is my God and my sling. And my God, and I'm going to prophesy to that giant today. I'm going to tell him I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to cut your head up, and I'm going to drag your house head all over the city to declare my God is good. 
And that little boy with the little stone stepped back and began to swing and prophesy, swing and prophesy. And he could have aimed it all the way over there, and the Holy Spirit would have guided it and smacked Goliath right in the head anyway. Why? Because that little boy had a lot of faith in a great big God. He didn't need the suit and armor. All he needed was his little stone and trusting God. God can take your little. Maybe you're on fumes today. You continue to be faithful. You continue to love God. You continue to give, amen. You continue to serve. You continue to press in when you don't know why God has you where you're at. And when you do that every time, you're pouring out the oil of trust. Even Jesus said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And the mustard seed, what's so awesome, and I forgot to say this in first service, 48% of, okay, the mustard seed is the smallest seed on earth. The smallest seed. 48% of that seed is oil. Oil. The other, whatever it is, 52%. I did not do good in math. Give me Jesus, but don't give me a math book. 52% was protein. And Jesus said, if you have mustard seed, faith the size of a mustard seed, I will move that mountain. And that mustard seed being the smallest seed on earth when it's planted in the earth becomes the largest plant in the garden. The smallest seed becomes the largest plant. Why? Because God will use small things to do something big. You just be faithful. You continue to trust God, amen. And that leaf that grows so big on that mustard seed, the uh, birds take refuge under the heat of the sun to find rest. This is the God that we serve, amen. Then we got Moses, who was called by God to take the children of Israel, a million people, out of, of bondage, into freedom, into the promised land. And he said, I'm not qualified. I'm not capable I don't talk very well. I'm insecure about myself. Has anybody found yourself there and what God has in your life? I don't feel like God is on my side right now. Go choose somebody else. He said, go pick Aaron, God. I am not qualified for this. But God saw what was inside of Moses. God knows the miracle that God can perform when he trusts someone. And he looked at Moses. He said, what's in your hand, Moses? Because I'm not looking what's in you, not what you see about yourself. What's in your hand? He's like, uh, I got this staff. And this staff has done nothing for him prior, right? That olive oil didn't do anything for her prior but make maybe some cakes in her house. It didn't make sense. The miracle didn't make sense. And God said to Moses, throw down that rod. And when he threw down that rod, it turned into a snake and it consumed the other snakes. And then he took that same rod and he threw it in the Nile River and turned it into blood. Then he took that same rod and he parted the Red Sea with it. Why? Because God will use small things to do big things in your life. It's time to quit believing little bitty miracles day to day. Let's believe God for the breakthrough. Break the generational curses. Break the financial limitations of poverty. Break the addictions off your children's lives. These are the miracles that God has on the inside of your life. But we don't see God as able. We think we've run out of every tool in the box. And that's how this woman feels. Listen, God has given you everything you need to do everything he wants you to do. He's given you everything. The Bible says he's given you the measure of faith. It's inside of you to get out of the situation that you're in. Amen? I know even for this church, I'm believing God for big things in this church. Big things. 
And in the natural, if I was to look at it, it's like we're full. A church that is 70% full, this is statistics of church life, is too full and you won't grow anymore. That's a statistic. And I can look at it and go, God, what else could we do? We got the Holy Spirit, we've got the Word, we've got worship, blah, 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 but I don't need all of that. I just need the anointing of God. I just need the oil to be pouring out. I don't have to be worried about what we look and what we see. We'll cram people in the hallways if we got to do it to get the Spirit of God out in this city. Amen? So we can't look at what we see. We got to look at what God says in your life. We cannot, people, people say this, I can't do it because I don't fill in the blank. I can't have that because I don't. And God says you can have it because you don't. You can have it because you don't, because I'm the one that's going to provide it for you, amen? My third point this morning, offer God what you have and trust him to give you what you need. Offer God what you have. What do you have today? You can dig a little deeper and trust God, amen? You can put your faith out there, and it may seem so small and insignificant, but God has a miracle waiting. In 2 Kings 4, verses 3 through 7, it says this, Elisha said after he heard she had oil, he asked a ridiculous thing of her. Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Everybody say empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it one to the side. So what did she do? She obeyed what the prophet said. See, I may be asking you something today that you go, that's impossible. I know you're preaching and people are applauding, but that's impossible. You're asking me to go do something that I know isn't going to happen. But this woman said, what do I got to lose? If the prophet's saying it, I'm going to trust God at his word. And if I pour that first drop, you imagine how she felt? I'll pour that first drop. I got this big jug. I got a little thing of oil. And then it's all going to be over with. I don't know where she was at, but what did she do? She put her faith in action. And she went and got the jar. She did what he said. She left him, verse 5, and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, to her, and she did what? Kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring. And that little bitty jar, she just kept pouring by faith. And she's thinking, I don't know where the oil's coming from, but I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to keep on pouring. Does anybody see what's going on? I'm just going to keep on pouring and keep on pouring. And that is our job, to pull on the Holy Spirit, to be the anointing in our life, that we just keep pouring out by the Holy Spirit. And God, through your pouring out, will perform the miracle. And she just kept pouring. Is it ever going to end? Just keep pouring. See, when you are weak in the flesh and you are weak in your emotions, you are not pouring out by the Holy Spirit. Because you only get weary in the fight when you're, when you're relying on your own self and your own works. But when you are pulling on the Holy Spirit, and you're like, God, greater, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm pouring out. How do I pour out when, I, when my marriage gets worse and I go in the bedroom and I shut my door and I start talking to Jesus? You're pouring your oil just a little bit more. When a bill comes, but you want to be faithful to God and tithe, I don't know how I'm going to do it, God, but then you tithe and you trust God. You're pouring your oil out. I don't know how this is working, God. I don't know how I keep in going on and going on because you're pouring out your oil. You're giving what little you have to God so that he can do a big thing. In verse 6, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. 
Then all the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, now go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Now, I want you to see something here. If you study out the word pour, it means to flow, it means to cast, but it also means this, firmly established. So every time she poured by faith, she was firmly established by faith. Every time you trust God and you step out by faith, he's building a firm foundation for you to stand on. Every time you keep tithing, every time you keep praying for that crazy helpmate, every time you keep praying over your children, you are pouring out the oil of your walk of faith. And before you know it, you will be at the blessing that you are believing God for. But so many of us have, I want that, God, but I don't have what I need to get there. And he's like, yes, you do, pour out. Worship me when you don't feel like worshiping me. Serve me when you don't feel like serving me. Be faithful when you don't want to be faithful. Don't quit when you want to quit. That's how you pour yourself out. And the more you pour out, all of a sudden you walk into the blessings of God in your life. And you're like, I don't even know how it happened because I was crazy from here to there. I was crazy. Nobody liked me and I didn't like nobody. (laughs) Amen? But that's pouring out. I can do that. How can I wake up in the morning when I'm grieving and I'm going through hell and I can get up the next day and be in joy and do what God's called me to do? I can love my family. I can love my spouse. I can be faithful to church. How do I do that? By the Holy Spirit. Not in my own ability. I can't make myself happy. I can't do that. I've been all over the world and I've traveled and I'm happy in the moment, but that don't make me happy. That internal joy comes from the Holy Spirit. I can get up with no sorrow in my heart because I'm pouring the Holy Spirit back into my life. I can serve him until he comes back again because I'm pouring that oil of God, the Holy Spirit, in my life. How many want the miracle? Then pour out when you don't feel like pouring out. Worship him anyway, amen? Praise him anyway. It's a ridiculous thing to ask but she began to pour out. We show him our faith, and he shows us his faithfulness. That's all God is looking for. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, what you have to understand is we are the vessels. We are the vessels the Holy Spirit wants to pour into. What did I say? 2 Corinthians 4. No, I'm sorry. Go to Isaiah 64, 8. We'll get to that one next. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter, and all we are the work of your hands. But we are, we're the vessels, and you feel run out, and God says, no, let me pour. Let me fill you up. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. I will fill up your vessel. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. God is molding us, amen? He's shaping us. He's forming us with his hands. What I love about this story is Elisha said to her, go get empty jars. He didn't tell her what size, what kind, how big, how small, what color, what shape, nothing. He just said, go get them. See, God is looking for everyone. God doesn't care what shape, what size, what your capacity, how how long you've been serving God, how short you've been serving God. God didn't say anything. They said, just go get them. He said, but what's important is get them empty. 
God wants everything that is consuming us in our life and taking place over the Holy Spirit. It's time to empty it out. That's why I believe 2019 was a year of shaking. Raise your hand if you felt shook in 2019. It's a shaking year because God's emptying that vessel out. And we're like, I don't like it. I like I'm comfortable where I'm at. And God's like, no, I'm going to empty. Get rid of the pride. Get rid of the rebellion. Get rid of the unforgiveness. Get rid of the failure. It's time to let all that go. Come to me empty so that I can fill you with my Holy Spirit. So I can fill you with my presence and my joy. It's time to take your children. And I feel this so strong from the Lord right now. How many of you are, are you're here today and you're burdened by your children. Let them go. Give them to Jesus if they're of age. Let them go. The Holy Spirit will be on assignment for them. The Holy Spirit's going to guard and protect them. The Holy Spirit knows how to do his job. Quit wringing your hands, and I know it's difficult. I know it's hard, but trust God. I promise you, the moment, now keep tabs on them. Hear me by the Spirit. I'm talking about emotionally hanging on where it's emptying you out. Give them to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit convict them. God will send somebody in their paths. Maybe in a drunken stupor, it doesn't matter. Holy Spirit knows how to do his job, amen? You have to find freedom. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And when fear comes and you pull on God, you're pouring out your oil. I talked to a beautiful girl today who is, God's doing a work in her marriage. And the whole time it's been like, you know, God needs to do this with him and God needs to do that. And it's true, God does need to do all that thing. But she came to me today and she goes, I realized during this time where I'm believing God, I needed to change this. And I needed to change this, and I needed to change that. And I'm like, wow. And she goes, because of it, I, see him, I seen him put his wedding ring on the other day. And she didn't have to say a word. Why? Because she poured out and God poured in. And I said, now the hard part is when you, want to keep, you need to keep your mouth shutty-shutty. <laughs> That's the hard part. But listen, the moment that you do that, you just poured some oil out. That's what I'm talking about. The moment in the time of exasperation and frustration, but you do God and you go to God, you just poured a little bit more oil out of you. That's how this works. That's how that miracle takes place, amen? And that's what she did. So listen, pour yourself out. Empty yourself out. The Bible says when you are weak, he is strong. When you are hungry, he's the bread of life. When you're thirsty, he's the living water. When you're in darkness, he's the light. When you're lost, he helps you find your way back, amen? And when you're unstopped, unstable, he is the rock. He is the sure foundation, amen? Romans 5.5 5 says this, and hope does not put us to shame. The things that you're believing God for, God will not put you to shame. That's why I said fill your journals out. Trust God big this year. Have some crazy faith. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm afraid to even show my pages to people. It's so crazy. I'm almost like, maybe I'll change that number right there. Because, <laughs> you know, you get nervous in the flesh. We want to put our faith out there. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts, which was given to us by the Holy Spirit. You have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen which is the presence of God, the peace of God, the hope of God. And, and here this morning, the only way for that presence to come into your life and dwell is to invite him in. And if you're a believer, then you invite the Holy Spirit in every morning that your eyes wake up. Holy Spirit, come into my day. 
Holy Spirit, come into my thoughts and my choices. Holy Spirit, come into my job of uh, environment and let there be favor. Let there be promotion. Let your spirit dwell here. Amen. Invite the Holy Spirit into your marriages. Send the Holy Spirit to your children, whatever you got to do. And if you're not a believer today, you've never received Jesus in your life, the answer is just a confession of salvation. To say, I don't have it all figured out. Listen, I'm still figuring Jesus out. I'm still figuring the word out. And I've been serving him 30 years. But I know when I close my eyes here on earth, my last breath will be in his glory. It'll be in his glory. And even though I don't get it all straight here, I know I have an assurity that my name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. I know it. And I know I've needed forgiveness along the way, and I've had to repent along the way, and I've had to get things right with God. But that one moment, I was sitting in the back row of a church, and God, the Holy Spirit came over me, and he said, I want you to serve me. And I remember that morning, it was evening actually, I remember sitting there, and I just said, well, if I serve you, God, then i got to get rid of this and this. Like, I grew up in a Christian home, so I knew enough to know that. And I knew I had to count the cost. I had to count the cost. And, and Christians, listen, salvation's easy. Saying the prayer is easy. You can say this prayer with me in two minutes. And, but we count the cost. I want to serve Jesus. There's some friends that I need to eliminate from my life until I'm strong and I can win them to Jesus, right? We don't just reject them or cut them off. But until you're strong in your faith, there might be a time of separation. Count the cost of your salvation, amen? Jesus paid the whole price. He gave it all. He did not hold anything back to give full redemption. And we should be willing to hold nothing back when we receive him as our Savior. Amen? So I want all of you to stand to your feet, and I'm going to have all of us say this prayer together. And if you mean this with all of your heart, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are saved. And your name will be written in that Lamb's Book of Life. And then we're here to help you. We want to guide you. We want to maneuver you. We want to help you get in this walk with Jesus until it starts to click for yourself, until you start getting your own revelation and hearing from God yourself. Amen? Salvation is easy. It's the walk of discipleship that now becomes a challenge. But we're here to help you do that. Amen? Everybody just close your eyes. Father God, I want you to just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I know today that I am in need of a Savior. I'm in need of your presence, and I'm in need of your hope. So pour out your Holy Spirit into my heart that I can feel your presence. In Jesus' name, with all eyes still bowed, I'm not going to call you out this morning, but if you said that prayer this morning, you truly meant it with all of your heart, and you want to do a courageous act of just raising your hand before God, just acknowledging to God that, yes, you received him, and you don't have it figured out, but you know you received Jesus today. Lift your hands up all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's so many of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. So many of you today. Hallelujah. And everybody looking at me today, I am so thankful for you raising your hand today. I mean, the Bible says that when one come to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. Literally, heaven stops and celebrates. And there's so many of you that I know are new, and you received Jesus today, and I'm so proud of you for taking that step of courage to Jesus. 
So what I want you to do when we dismiss today in the chair in front of you is the I Choose Jesus card. Take a minute and fill that out. You can make your way up to our altar workers here. We have a free Bible for you, but we also have information that we want to give you on your walk with Jesus. How can we be here for you to get you on this walk of faith? Amen? Amen. So, Father, I just thank you today for this entire church. We give you praise for what you're doing in their hearts and in their lives. We celebrate you today, Jesus. Father, bring us back Thursday night as we close out, Father God, this decade, as we close out this decade, Lord, that something supernatural is happening in your church and in the spirit. So, God, as we come uh, starting our fast, Father God, and coming Thursday, Lord God, we just pray for the word of the Lord to flow, healings and miracles to flow, God, in heaven to open up supernaturally, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more shout this morning. We are on the winning team, amen? <laughs> anyway, I love you all. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you Thursday.